Welcome to the EAU podcast. In this edition, we have Dr. Ashling Nikonri from Ireland, member of the EAU guidelines panel for non-neogenic female LUTs discussing bladder outlet obstruction in women. What is bladder outlet obstruction? The International Continence Society describes bladder outlet obstruction as obstruction during voiding, characterised by increased detrusor pressure and reduced urine flow. Bladder outlet obstruction is a type of voiding dysfunction. However, as there are other causes of voiding dysfunction in women such as detrusor underactivity, these terms, voiding dysfunction and bladder outlet obstruction, should not be used interchangeably. What is the prevalence of bladder outlet obstruction in women? The prevalence of bladder outlet obstruction amongst women varies from 2.7 to 29%. This is a very wide range. This is probably accounted for by the varied definitions and diagnostic criteria seen across the literature. Associations have been seen with age, parity, prolapse and previous continence surgery. The symptoms of bladder outlet obstruction can vary quite significantly from woman to woman and has long been postulated to cause mainly voiding symptoms. In 2019, a study was carried out by MAID, which suggested that storage symptoms may be predominant, however, and 69% of the women studied complained of excessive daytime frequency as their most common symptom. What types of bladder outlet obstruction are there? Bladder outlet obstruction can be divided into two main groups, anatomical and functional. In anatomical bladder outlet obstruction, there is a physical or mechanical obstruction. Examples of this would include fibrosis, urethral injury or stricture, kinking of the urethra, for example, secondary to pelvic organ prolapse, and urethral malignancies or paraurethral masses. Anatomical obstruction can also occur secondary to mesh tapes or slings from incontinence surgery, where a progressive fibroblastic reaction has been induced around the ure- urethra by the sling. Maid and colleagues published a retrospective review of women with bladder outlet obstruction in 2019, and of the 192 women studied, 64% had anatomical obstruction. In functional bladder outlet obstruction, there is a non-anatomical, non-neurogenic obstruction of the outlet. This typically results from the non-relaxation of the bladder neck, sphincter or pelvic floor muscles. The exact causes of this non-relaxation are difficult to establish. However, it might be due to sympathetic hyperactivity or hypertrophy of the bladder neck smooth muscle. In some cases, it may be behavioural. Functional bladder outlet obstruction is associated with conditions such as primary bladder neck obstruction, Fowler syndrome and dysfunctional voiding. It is important to remember that dysfunctional voiding is a specific and discrete form of voiding dysfunction and this should clearly be differentiated from voiding dysfunction. Dysfunctional voiding is characterised by involuntary intermittent contractions of the periurethral striated muscles during voiding and it is thought to be caused by faulty learned toileting behaviour. Functional bladder outlet obstruction can also be caused by medications such as alpha adrenic agonists such as pseudoephedrine as their simulatory effects can cause bladder neck to contract resulting in urinary retention. How is bladder outlet obstruction diagnosed? 
bladder outlet obstruction is diagnosed on neurodynamics. As always, however, a full clinical history and thorough examination should be carried out. A broad range of lower urinary tract symptoms may be present in the history, and in some cases, women might not present until they have complications of bladder outlet obstruction, such as recurrent urinary tract infections, chronic retention, or acute kidney disease. Clinical examination allows possible causes of mechanical obstruction to be identified, and an assessment of the pelvic floor may help identify a functional cause. Uroflowmetry and post-void residual testing alone are not enough to diagnose bladder outlet obstruction. However, a reduced Qmax and incomplete emptying may be identified. EMGs can be used in combination with pressure flow studies and has been extensively studied in women with bladder outlet obstruction secondary to Fowler's syndrome. A cystoscopy can be a very useful test to help visualise any mechanical obstruction, such as urethral stricture, urethral caruncle or pelvic malignancy. The characteristic abnormalities seen on pressure flow studies are a combination of low flow and high detrusor pressure. The urodynamic definition of female bladder outlet obstruction is controversial and several different criteria have been introduced. However, there is currently no standard. The Blavis-Groots nomogram is one of the most popular. The Solomon-Greenwell nomogram, however, was one of the first to be tested for clinical validity. This parallels the ICS nomogram used for male bladder outlet obstruction. The formula here is Qmax minus 2.2 Qmax. If the result is over 18, there is a 90% likelihood of obstruction. Video urodynamics can show characteristic features on voiding, such as a lack of funneling appearance of the bladder, proximal dilatation of the urethra with distal narrowing in those with strictures, and evidence of obstruction between the bladder neck and distal urethra in the presence of a sustained detrusor contraction. Are there conservative options for managing bladder outlet obstruction? There are many different treatment options for patients with bladder outlet obstruction. The aims of treatment are to decrease outlet resistance in order to increase flow, improve bladder emptying and therefore reduce lower urinary tract symptoms. Behavioural modifications such as education regarding normal voiding function, avoidance of constipation and alteration of voiding techniques can be used to try and help patients. Pelvic floor muscle training can be used in order to help patients relax their pelvic floor muscles during voiding. However, most of the evidence supporting this is from paediatric studies. There is no current evidence available on the clinical effect of electrical stimulation for the management of bladder outlet obstruction. Another conservative option is the use of a pessary in women with pelvic organ prolapse. A previous study by Romanzi, the Journal of Urology, showed that 94% of women studied with grade 3 or 4 cystoceles and bladder outlet obstruction had normal voiding after the placement of a pessary. Catheterization is, of course, an option for treating significant urinary retention from bladder outlet obstruction. It can be used as a treatment itself or as an adjunct to an initial treatment of urethrodilatation or urethrotomy, for example. The literature would suggest that the use of self-intermittent catheterization 
post-urethrotomy is associated with a lower rate of stricture recurrence and should be recommended. Similarly, in women who develop bladder outlet obstruction after surgery for urinary continence, catheterization may be offered. This can be as a short-term measure in those who have transient post-operative voiding difficulties or as a long-term solution in those who develop chronic retention. A programme of clean self-intermittent catheterization in those with voiding dysfunction after transvaginal tapes has been shown to have a cure rate of 59%. At present, intraurethral devices are not recommended for women with bladder outlet obstruction as there are a high rate of complications including discomfort, pericatheter leakage, migration into the bladder and urinary tract infections. In men, we often prescribe alpha-adrenergic blockers for bladder outlet obstruction. Is this the same in women? Alpha blockers have been postulated to relieve lower urinary tract symptoms caused by bladder outlet obstruction in women via the relaxation of the smooth muscle in the bladder neck. This is an off-label use and uroselective alpha blockers such as tamsulosin should be used. Typically, an improvement in symptom scores may be seen, but not in urodynamic parameters when compared to placebo. There is weak evidence to support the use of GABA agonists, such as oral baclofen, to women with bladder outlet obstruction, as it can improve QMAX and PDAT-QMAX. However, its effects on symptoms are not well reported to date. The use of oestrogens has not yet been studied specifically for the management of bladder outlet obstruction and the use of other medications such as sildenafil are currently not recommended for these women. What are the surgical options for bladder outlet obstruction in women? The role for surgical management depends on the etiology of the bladder outlet obstruction. As expected, the repair of pelvic organ prolapse is associated with improved post-void residuals and voiding symptoms. The use of intrasphincteric Botox to reduce urethral sphincter tone in women with bladder outlet obstruction is limited to small case series. However, it has been shown to improve symptoms and neurodynamic parameters. Sacral nerve stimulation can be an option also. This can result in spontaneous voiding and a reduction in the rate of self-intermittent catheterization in the majority of patients in idiopathic urinary retention. This is postulated to decrease urethral tone and to block the inhibitory urethral afferent impulses, which cause inhibition of normal bladder contraction. No comparative trials have yet been reported in the literature on the use of neuromodulation for female bladder outlet obstruction and most publications are retrospective reviews. There are a number of surgical options for treating urethral stricture disease in women. Urethral dilatation is considered the primary procedure of choice for women suspected of urethral st- with suspected urethral stricture disease. A study by Osman and colleagues showed a mean success rate of 49% after urethral dilatation of 93 women. Programmed intermittent urethral dilatation results in better outcomes compared to on-demand dilatation. The effects of this are poorly sustained, however, and most patients will require repeat intervention. Urethrotomy and urethroplasty are more extensive procedures for patients with urethral strictures and are associated with significant improvement in symptoms and urodynamic parameters. 
A bladder neck incision is an option for women with bladder outlet obstruction secondary to primary bladder neck obstruction. There are a number of different methods of performing this, for example, a unilateral 12 o'clock incision or bilateral incisions at 5 and 7 o'clock, either using a Collins knife, laser or a cold knife. By cutting open the hypertrophic bladder neck smooth muscle, there is decreasing resistance at the bladder neck. There is a risk of adverse events, including stress urinary incontinence, psychovaginal fistulas and recurrence. In patients who have had previous surgery for stress incontinence, urethral lysis may be an option to help regain urethral mobility. This can involve removal of scar tissue, fibrosis and indeed periurethral sutures. In other cases, the mid-urethral sling may be loosened, divided or removed to try and improve symptoms in women who develop bladder outlet obstruction after placement of a sling. It is important to explain to patients that there is a risk of recurrence of their stress urinary incontinence, albeit often to a lesser degree than prior to their initial sling procedure. No matter the treatment option chosen, these women should be followed up regularly as there is a risk of further deterioration uh, of their symptoms or indeed renal failure. This is especially the case in women who undergo surgical management for urethral stricture as there is a risk of stricture recurrence. Thank you for joining Dr. Arshling Nikonui for this episode of EAU Podcast on Bladder Outlet Obstruction in Women. For further information on the EAU guidelines on non-neurogenic female LUTs, please visit our website euroweb.org slash guidelines. Further podcasts will be posted regularly on EAU guidelines topics. For more EAU podcasts, please go to your podcast app and subscribe to our EAU podcast channel for regular updates.